real, I just live in your brain. Wait, what? No, you're real, and I'm a bad bitch. No, you're alone in your stone watching Hitch. It's been a whole year since a dude touched your butt. Oh, right, I forgot. Guess I gone a little bit loco. Loco. What? Loco. Loco. Huh? Loco. Loco. One year inside, and I tried, and I tried, but, uh, loco. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. I am here with Hibba to talk about an episode that we were both very excited about, Reggae Jean Page and Bad Bunny. Yes. (laughs) Hi, Candice. Hi. So this is going to be a very positive episode because as Hibba and I were texting throughout the night, All I could feel was my blood pressure rising, rising, rising all the way to the top because I loved this episode so much. How did you feel about it? Just surface level. Oh, my God. I love it. I'm going to go as far as to say this was definitely the best episode of the season so far and probably one of the best episodes of all time. Oh, I thought of Stefan, you know, how... He used to do weekend update appearances and talk about random stuff. And he used to be like, it has this, Mm -hmm. it has that, it has whatever. And I feel like I could say like 14 things that this episode had that I loved. Like not only was Reggae John and Bad Bunny both very, very on their game, but it had all of the classic SNL elements that I love. For example, Pete Davidson on Weekend Update, Mm. a musical short with the musical guest as um a guest on it as well as pete davidson Mm -hmm. (laughs) and other a lot of other things so i loved it so much i'm super excited to talk about it and i really think they hit this one out of the park yeah no i totally agree and i really want to start at the top because something that i was incredibly impressed by is the cold open so i think the cold open was so 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 strong this week and one big person that i want to bring up who we bring up every single week is Pete Davidson. So something I constantly forget is that this is Pete's seventh season on SNL, which is crazy, right? He started when he was 20. He looks 19 now. It's bananas. And when he came out as Andrew Cuomo, my first thing was like, oh, he doesn't look like him. But when he started talking, I was like, oh, he's been practicing. Like he has been in his Staten Island basement practicing this entire week and he nailed it. And not only did he nail it from, like, a impression standpoint, but he didn't really break, which was very, very, like, impressive to me. And I think this cold open, as well as last week's cold open, in which he played a politician as well, is showing me that Pete is doing a lot of maturing this season as a performer. Because, you know, when he first started, he was just a stand-up, also pretty young, and he really only thrived on Weekend Update because... He really just couldn't play a character other than himself. But now, and especially in this episode, you can see that he's ready to do impressions on cold opens. He can also do the weekend update stuff, too. And it's, like, very interesting that his niche now is just, like, politicians. But I'm very impressed by it. Yeah, I really love the cold open, too. I would say my favorite thing about it was them... um, casting Britney Spears as like a relevant moderator I was really hoping they would do more than like a one line joke about Britney which I think they had in their last episode Um, but Chloe Feynman as her was really really good I think they cast her in the best light possible and she deserves that and also I don't think people like Bowen would let anybody speak 
trash to Britney's name or reputation, but sometimes they do kind of mess with people a little bit, and I was just glad with how they portrayed her. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think Chloe Fineman is actually one of the MVPs I want to talk about this episode, because not only did she bring out her Britney Spears impression, but she also brought out Miss Daphne Bridgerton twice this episode, and another person that I really, truly loved and think deserves so much praise this episode is Ego Wodum, yes. which brings me to the monologue, because let me say this, Ego, Reggae Jean, I felt the chemistry, I felt the dynamite, that was a hot duo that I could not take my eyes off the entire episode. I want to say that they really gave us everything we were asking for and everything we wanted with the monologue, but also just with this episode in general. Like, I was so hoping that Reggae John would go on there and be like, I know how hot I am. I know what you want. I'm going to, like, hit on people on stage and, like, sing a sexy song. And he did all of that, and it was perfect. And I agree with you on Ego also because... When AD went up there, I was like, girl, AD, you married, sit down. Like, this is not realistic. Mm -hmm. But when Echo went up there, I was like, okay, I think they're both Mm -hmm. single. Like, this could work. But they just played, like, so perfectly off of the idea that, like, he isn't really that guy while also really being that guy. And it was perfection. Like, the only thing that could have been better would have been if he, like, put a single rose in his mouth and, like, carried one of them off of the stage. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) Yes, and that is the thing about Reggae Jean coming into this episode. I wasn't sure how much he would turn up the dial. I was like, I don't need him to bring the Duke of Hastings to SNL. I don't need it. But then the first moment that he turned to camera and he just stared into my eyes, I was hooked. I had fallen and I needed help to get up because, oh my God, he was so charming. So charming. Girl, I was on the floor the entire episode. I know. And then when I rewatched it again. As you have to. I again felt it. Did I rewatch the monologue three times? Yes. Yes, she did. And on top of that, how unfair is it that Reggae Jean is a great singer? How unfair is that? I didn't even know men could sing, but I'm not surprised. And I will say this. Another thing that I kind of picked up on the monologue is that Reggae Jean, now he's only been in like three theater productions in England, but he strikes me as a bit of a theater actor, someone who's very familiar with the stage. And the only indication I like took from that is because, <laughs> you know, like how some hosts do this thing where they like come on on stage and they're like, I'm John Krasinski, and and then the audience screams, and they kind of fumble, and they laugh and go, I'm, yeah, it's, he, he knew exactly where the pauses were, he knew to hold his smile, wait for the applause to stop, and then go back into it, and I was like, okay, he knows how to do a live audience situation. I'm so glad that you brought that up, because I watched, like, an interview with Okay, I may have watched a few interviews with him. She watched all the interviews. After seeing Bridgerton, and yeah, he did, he came up, like, as, like, a young actor through the theater, so I was so excited for him to host, because I have this theory, which I've talked about before, which is, like, the more game the host is, the better the show is, because SNL is all about committing to the character and being down, and he was 
was so down and he demonstrated that in so many ways like you said his expertise on the stage like really shined but also Mans was in every single sketch every like every single, single one and mm-hmm. digital short like I don't know like he just has stamina like if you watch mm. Bridgerton you know he has stamina in a different way you but know. <laughs> you also theatrically he has stamina for just being able to do that like a lot of times even like the best of the best child actors my favorite host drake like is breathless in between scenes when he has to do snl because it's a lot you're calling out drake's fitness you're calling out drake's fitness he is trying to get fit for adonis hiva i'm just saying he's trying i'm just saying if he wants to capture my attention and keep it he could learn a few things from reggaeton you're right. You're right. Hibba, Hibba only needs two things from her SNL hosts. One, ability to sing, and two, abs. I love it. So I think you are bringing up an incredibly smart point, which is that Reggaeton was not only game, he flew across the Atlantic for this, so he knew this was an opportunity. But three, Homeboy is only like 30 or 31. He is young. Uh, I believe he has internet access, which means that He's probably on Twitter scrolling through all the things people are saying about him, about the current internet culture, and that was really, really, really important to me and something evident I could see. And I want to go ahead and let's just start talking about sketches because (laughs) here's the problem, Hibba. I loved all of them. (laughs) I pretty much loved all of them. So I needed to rank them, okay, to kind of just like focus my mind. And I want to start with the very top, a sketch that I actually just rewatched because I can't get enough, and that is... Loco. I also rewatched it multiple times today. <laughs> yeah. Hibba, you take this one because I have so much I want to say. Okay. Start. I'm so glad that we're very much on the same page because I also ranked Loco as my top sketch this week. Mm. It just had everything that I loved. So first of all, you know that I love musical shorts. Also, you know that I love when Pete Davidson is in those musical shorts. Mm. I'm very happy that he's graduated and learned how to play politicians, but that he's still keeping that niche. Also, I love when the musical guest is very down to be in sketches. Mm -hmm. And not only was Bad Bunny in Loco singing a very relatable chorus (laughs) about mental illness and plants, like it was a bop. He was also in the sea shanty sketch, which we can talk about later, but it just had everything that I loved. Like, like the way that I rank the digital shorts is basically like, if this was a song on Spotify, would I download it and listen to it on the regular? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I would repeat this. I would put this on my morning commute, my workout, my bang playlist. (laughs) I loved so many things about this and I'm so glad you brought up Bad Bunny as, um, I guess we could call him a mentally ill plant because it's just so funny to think of Bad Bunny. Just He just kept saying mentally ill, mentally ill, and I'm like, <laughs> mood. Um, here's where I, here's where I want to start with. Number one, it is evident to all of us that Ega Wodum has flow. She has flow. She has bars. And I don't know why I never realized that her and Pete could be a fantastic collab, Mm -hmm. but I'm so glad they put that in my mind because it is true. I agree with you. And on top of that, I love that Reggae Jean was totally down to play, you know, I would categorize him as like random American at club. I really appreciated him playing that supporting role 
as a male because he killed it. He didn't need to do that. Like, they could have had anyone else do it, but he was like, nah, I'm going to be in every single thing. And it just elevated everything. Exactly. And at the end of the day, Hiba, you brought up such an important point, which is that, like, this was a good song from the start. And by adding the visuals and the story and the narrative to it, let's just be honest here. Loco slaps. And it was a perfect song. And speaking of perfect songs, I want to go straight into my number two, the driver's license sketch. Oh my god. I want to start off with a disclaimer. I love driver's license, the song, not only because I watched High School Musical, the musical, the series on Disney+, Plus, um, but also because I, I was susceptible to Olivia Rodrigo's whole tale about being a suburban teen. I, too, was a Californian suburban teen. Some may say I still am. And just hearing them belt out the bridge, which honestly always makes me cry just a little bit, that was (laughs) wonderful. And I also want to say, it was really funny to me that in this sketch, as well as the sea shanty sketch, Reggae Jean Page was harmonizing. My guy has range. Like he, okay, first of all, he had a different accent in every single sketch. Mm -hmm. In this sketch, it was my favorite accent that he did because it was kind of like a Brooklyn American vibe. Mm -hmm. And it was so different from his like British, like the Duke character, but it was like still a lot of like authority in like swag, Mm -hmm. if I may say so. Mm -hmm. So. I was just, like, eating that shit up with a spoon, and there were so many people in it, and they were all so good. Like, they really packed that sketch with the cast, and, yeah, I just loved all of it. Like, Mikey Day getting up on the pool table and, like, Mm -hmm. belting, and it was amazing. It was, like, chef's kiss. Well done. Exactly, and I mean, I I love that Bowen jumped in to sing that bridge because... If, I, if we're all being honest here, did his character make sense or have a narrative arc? Absolutely not. Did I love it? And did I truly, truly sing through his character? Absolutely. Absolutely. So this kind of leads me to my third top sketch of the night. I really enjoyed the first sketch, Actor Spotlight, where Ego sits down with Reggae Jean Page, um, Chris Red as Daniel Kalua. And Ice Cube, which I kind of loved. <laughs> what did you think about that sketch? I thought it was so funny that Keenan was Ice Cube. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I wouldn't rank it as my third sketch, but to be honest, they were all so close that like I don't really have beef with you about it. Like it was just difficult after after Loco being my top sketch. I like everything else was like a close second. Um, I enjoyed it though. I thought it was such a smart idea. And also ridiculous that, like, after all these years, Ice Cube would turn out to be British. Mm. So I thought it was innovative comedy for sure. Innovative comedy, yeah, 100%. So if that one, if that one's not your third sketch, what would you say is your third favorite sketch of the night? Okay, so I, when I was trying to, like, rewatch some of the sketches, it was a close call, but I would say the Sea Shanty sketch. Wow, okay, okay. Okay, so first of all, I like didn't understand why these sea shanties were popping up on tiktok Mm -hmm. but 
I thought it was like amazing that they were like we're not going to talk about the actual thing we're going to talk about the original thing Mm. and so I felt number one it served an educational purpose because I didn't really know what a sea shanty was before um and number two in my life and childhood I always thought that it would be really difficult to be a pirate this was confirmed by by watching the entire Pirates of the Caribbean franchise Mm -hmm. um, at that time. And I just felt like they were being... Like, I know that it was supposed to be funny, but I thought they were realistically depicting the hardships of a life at sea Mm. in a very hilarious way. And I also loved, similarly to um, the pool table sketch, where they packed this with so many cast members, and each of them had, like, two lines, Mm -hmm. and each of them did, like, two hits and didn't have a ton of backstory but like the whole gang was there like bone was there mikey day was there kay mckinnon was there bad bunny came out and made an appearance oh, like so good. that honestly i think bad bunny being in that after he'd already been in loco just like set it off the edge for me because mm-hmm. i just love when they're down to be in sketches yeah yes yeah exactly no i mean dude this sketch i think makes sense as one of your top three because it was totally worth it for bad bunny's speaking role and just like the hilarity of him pulling out a map that's really just a child's drawing of a boat yeah. like he <laughs> killed it and i am just look i'll, I'll i'm gonna i'm gonna objectify him for a minute hibba oh i thought is that not what we're doing here <laughs> whoops wrong podcast um he my bad <laughs> was so hot his haircut was lined up he was popped and i actually think this is a great time to talk about bad bunny's performances so i started listening to bad bunny late 2020 after his third album of 2020 dropped um i had to listen to it for work and i instantly was like oh my god i've been asleep this whole time because these songs are so fun first thing is i totally forgot this but apparently bad bunny had made an appearance in the second snl at home episode oh yeah i forgot that too totally forgot about that but it was interesting to set that context up for me because i kind of feel like one of the critiques he might get from this performance is that he could have gone bigger he could have performed more rock heavy songs or more reggaeton songs and i do feel like some of his bigger hits such as like yo vestido C, which is in his like very big mcdonald's commercial or like Daikiti with like Jay Cortez he went with his Rosalia song which makes sense they just dropped the music video like minutes ago but I think one interesting thing is that this is probably the smallest stage he's played in years in front of a live audience because his last like biggest gig was the Super Bowl like in 2020 oh my god he performed at the Super Bowl (laughs) with Shakira Thank you for this context. Exactly. And when he was performing at the 2020 Latin Grammys, um, they straight up rented out a bridge and just like drove Bugattis down a highway. He is so good at playing big, playing loud, playing colorful that to bring it all down to an SNL stage was probably just like a little off kilter for him, but it's okay. I love the songs that he chose, and I do love Rosalia. I do want to say that one interesting thing about that performance is that the entire time I was just like, okay, Sean and Camilla, that is kind of just what it oh, like, no. reminded me of. <laughs> and I think at the end of the day, Rosalia showed up a little more with her vocal performance than Bad Bunny. Yeah. But at the same time, I also got this weird feeling that like 
they hadn't seen each other in a while and they were just like coming back together for the first time. So I appreciated that. But did you like his performances at all, Hiba? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like you covered the substance of his performances really well. And I would agree with you about pretty much everything. Rosalia overshadowing him a little bit in the first performance. I want to say his outfits were fire. His outfits are always fire, but I feel like (laughs) that deserves to be spotlighted. I also want to say I really loved like the second more like stripped down like acoustic style performance because Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. it complemented so well his ability to do really big like loud like major events and I feel like he's kind of a down-to-earth person just from like reading interviews with him and just like knowing how he sort of came up in the local music scene before he became like an international crossover like star Um, And so for him to be like so game to do that kind of performance and also to be in sketches, like I said, like it just made me have so much more admiration for him. And I already started out with a lot of admiration for him. So there's really no way that he could have done wrong in my book. But he just like came in, did what he needed to do, looked great. And yeah, it, it was it was really good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, 2020 was one of Bad Bunny's biggest years, which is what kind of ironic considering we were all at home and he could barely perform for most of the year. But the other thing, too, is that his latest album is a bit more of an emo album. It's got a bit of like a walking through Hot Topic vibe, which is the vibe of the world right now. Exactly. So that probably explains why he was just sitting on a set piece instead of like, you know, hiring dancers and explosives and all that stuff. Yeah. But I'm glad that you liked it because I love Bad Bunny's music and I was so happy that they brought him on. So, <laughs> Hiba, we're out here with our favorite segment of the week. Hiba, what did you think of Weekend Update? Oh my god. Okay, so Weekend Update this week was the icing on the cake for me. I thought that they hit it out of the park for a number of reasons. Um, number one, Pete Davidson <laughs> came on as himself, and mm. I love when he does that. And is it was about like Valentine's Day, so love that yeah. look. Um, also got to learn a little bit more about him and his life, which you know I'm always interested in doing. And his like housing situation, you were very curious about that. I know, yep. right, right. Just mm-hmm. in case we decide to move in together, anyways. Um, <laughs> and you were like trying to like you're trying to suss out like, oh my god, did he like spend some? Did he like spend Valentine's Day with someone? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. So good for you. Yeah. But anyway, so I thought he's really good at that and he's been doing that since the beginning. Like that's like that was like his bread and butter. So I'm so glad they had him on. Also, after we were worried about him like not really being in any live sketches in the past last week. So um, that was a relief for me. I also thought that their timing was pretty good. Like all of the jokes were pretty sharp. They made a lot of relevant to this week's news jokes and they only had two a lot of ted cruz yeah so much ted cruz really funny they kept hitting on that um and they only had two guest interviews so first it was pete and then um they had the freddy krueger character which i thought was pretty funny Mm. so i felt like their timing was much much better than last week like they kept everything really tight and relevant so i applaud them i thought they did pretty well Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with that it was very interesting to me that they didn't have a Kimye sketch or, like, a bigger thing to say about Kimye this week and their divorce. However, I kind of understand it. They did announce it on Friday. But on top of that, I think there's not a lot of details on Kimye yet. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, and on top of that, look, 
I appreciated Pete. I really, really did. And I mean, Hibba, my only question is like, was your Valentine's Day better than Pete Davidson's? <laughs> wow. I feel like he downplayed like not like spending it with his mom, but I feel like his Valentine's Day was probably secretly very steamy and romantic, so I can't do a fair <gasps> comparison. <laughs> Oh my god, are you, wait, are you saying he's hiding something? I wouldn't be surprised. Oh my god, it's you. Oh <laughs> my god, Hibba, you are moving to Staten Island. I knew it. I knew your background was different. I knew. Okay, that's where I draw the line. I would, <laughs> even for Pete Davidson, I would not move to Staten Island. I love, okay, I just want to say also my favorite part of his little monologue was I loved when he was talking to Colin and he was like yeah wherever you live I'm sure it has more boats than people that was that was good no that was a good one I love the digs that he had against Colin so many who doesn't love to see Colin get roasted I love a Colin roast exactly so just kind of rounding out the sketches a bit in terms of the sketches that came after weekend update I have to admit that I started to lose a little bit interest but I did want to bring up two sketches that I kind of liked one was the what I call pray off sketch <laughs> um which I just feel like they had the most fun with yeah. I mean first off I thought it was hilarious that Beck Bennett was late like he clearly had maybe needed to like pop in for a quick makeup fix and then he like ran on there and his first line was like a little out of breath but he made it up by slamming the floor with his body and you know what he seems like someone who would be a fantastic wedding dancer. I agree with you. I feel like he would be a really good wedding guest in general. I When he started doing all of that, like, the worm and, like, breakdancing and stuff, mm-hmm. I literally did a double take because I was like, is this Beck Bennett right now? Isn't this dude, like, 39? Yeah, you're like, is that a body devil? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> okay, I definitely did not look away long enough for them to replace him with a body double. Like, he yeah, just did yeah. that. He's always yeah. game, and that's, like, my favorite thing about him. But, yeah, I thought it was good. I agree with you. It wasn't my favorite sketch, but it did look like a lot of fun. And, look, I'll say this. I hate that I laughed at the intimacy coordinator sketch, but <laughs> I'm also just surprised that Reggie Jean was down to do a Bridgerton piece because that almost seems too easy to me. Yeah. That seems like that John Krasinski, The Office kind of take on life. Yeah. But I thought it was actually kind of funny and look if reggae jean's game i'm game and the last thing i want to say is i spent a lot of time this morning going on snl's youtube page waiting for the cut for time sketch and then i realized that last sketch at the supermarket was the cut for time sketch Mm -hmm. but instead they slipped in the dvd right before (laughs) the lights could turn off and I'm glad Kyle got something on the air. Finally, after weeks of trying. Exactly. Do I wish it was cut for time? Maybe. I do. (laughs) Yeah, I do as well. But you know what? It promoted grocery safety, and we all need that in our lives. That was the PSA that they needed in their contract this week. But actually... This kind of brought up something else, because Hibba, yesterday, you mentioned to me that it was interesting that that was probably the only sketch where they had mentioned COVID, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so I thought about that yesterday while watching the grocery sketch, and I think one of the reasons that this episode felt really good to me was because we had talked about previously how a lot of times they will do, like, multiple sketches, like, that seem very, like, COVID PSA, 
and that just like I don't know it's important to be grounded in reality but I feel like when you overdo that you make people feel bad because they're watching this show as an escape from the pandemic world that we live in so like Loco obviously brought up the pandemic but like in a really fun hilarious like catchy way the grocery sketch was just too much for me like if it was actually about rapping about groceries that would have been better and like much more my jam than like them getting kicked out for not wearing masks but exactly yeah it was very like Kyle Mooney's traditional like cut for time piece and like I'm happy for him that it made it to the show but like I could have done without it I mean look what that sketch proved to me is that Reggie Jean is so good looking that he still looks good with a shield on his face I thought it was so funny how he was dressed like a supermarket manager and he still looked hot but again he just has range god he has range um so, Hiba, we love this episode, but just for the data nerds out there, how would you rank this episode? For the data nerds, mm. I would rate this episode 9.5 out of 10 Reggae John little, like, pirate man bun situations. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This episode was, like, the closest to perfection that I have seen SNL do in a while. Like, nearly every single sketch hit it out of the park. The musical guest was in not one, but two sketches. The musical guest himself was fire. The host was fire. Like, I already had super high expectations, and those expectations were met. And, like I said, they had a lot of, like, things that they do occasionally, like Pete on Weekend Update um that I like and there was just a lot of that stuff so for me it was really good I didn't give it a 10 out of 10 just because you know there's always room for improvement and I do think they should have cut for time the last sketch but it was so 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 good and I really enjoyed it what did you think I love how that 0.5 is truly attributed to Kyle Mooney's cut for time sketch <laughs> I hope Lauren listens and is just kind of like, she's right. We're cutting it next week. <laughs> you know, Hiba, I'm going to take this episode all the way to the finish line. I knew in by the time the driver's license sketch came about that I was going to rank this 10 out of 10 driver's licenses. Wow. I love this episode to the point where I almost feel like this was written by me, for me, about me. And I think you bring up a very good point because something that I kind of am starting to realize is that the cold open, to some extent the monologue, and the weekend update segment, those are kind of meant to be about the news, something relevant, something timely. Those are time capsules of literally the week we live in. But everything outside of that not only is fair game, but it should be fair game and it should be fun. And I think Reggae Jean, I'm going to just trust that he was the one who personally picked all these sketches because I think what he knew coming into this was that not only is he like not American, so his perspective on America is kind of this interesting through a TV and movie lens, but he also knew that people watch his show to escape, which you pointed out. I'm not someone, I'm going to get like really sappy, Hiva, so just hear me out. Please do. I am not someone who has felt a lot of FOMO during the pandemic, but it was especially during that prayer sketch and even the sea shanty sketch, which I didn't even enjoy that much. 
that showed these glimpses of what life could not only look like but feel like after the pandemic and that literally just means being with people being stupid and just the feeling of like being happy and excited for the day when we can like see our friends and that element of joy and the way I felt walking out of this episode is truly the reason why I rate this 10 out of 10 and Heba I am going to be a simp for a hot minute (laughs) this was an episode that i wished i really wished we had watched together like on the couch oh my god i i would have loved that i know it's coming baby it's coming (laughs) i am i tearing up right now yes it's coming it just for like an hour and a half i feel like this episode just like infused so much joy into the weekend Mm -hmm. it made me forget everything else that was going on in the world I forgot that I got deactivated from Twitter this weekend. Yes, that is a story I can tell another time. But at the end of the day, watching Reggaeton sing and harmonize driver's license in a bar made me so excited for the day when I can sing driver's license in a bar with you and all of our other friends. And let me say this, Heba. Let us make it a goal in 2022 to watch SNL in Pete Davidson's new home in Staten Island <laughs> together. He's in the middle. I'm on the left. You are on the right. And there will be intimacy coordinators present. <laughs> I love how I love how you're evangelizing about this episode because I feel it so hard. Like I am the person in the chapel being like, mm-hmm, yes, mm. mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. Like you're right, the escapism, like the the art of this show is to make people feel good and smart and energized and elevated and they did all of that and more and yeah, I really agree with you. So, all in all, Reggae Jean, Bad Bunny, thank you so much for bringing us an episode that brought me and my homegirl Hiba so much joy this week. Um, a lot of uh, news outlets have been calling this the horniest episode of SNL. Um, I'd like to argue that I'm always horny about SNL, but <laughs> they may have a point. If we ever do podcast merch, I feel like it should say horny for SNL. <laughs> oh my god. So next week we're going to be back because Nick Jonas is pulling the all-too-rare host musical guest double duty next week. And Hibba and I have agreed that we are entering that episode with kind of like a shrug but who knows a lot of skepticism a lot of skeppies but who knows maybe neck will bring something including his abs so hibba's already in thank you guys so much for listening hibba thank you so much for being here with me and i am so excited to watch the 2022 season with you and pete davidson's house it's been such a pleasure And I am excited, too. Yay. Bye. Bye.